0: Welcome to the Fret Club, everybody. My name is John Heights. Our show. Well, it consists of interviews I've done uh, over the past 30 years or so for Vintage Guitar Magazine and recorded all those interviews. Uh, and today it's a special one. It's the late, great Walter Becker. A special one for me because Steely Dan has always been one of my favorite bands. That goes back to my teenage days when their debut record, Can't Buy a Thrill, uh, came out, caught in my ear. Loved the band as they grew into what they finally became. After disbanding the original group, Donald Fagen and Becker started using studio musicians, became perfectionists who use only the best musicians and players. Uh, Walter Becker, he started as the, players, uh, as the band's bass player. By the fourth record, though, Katie lied. He was also contributing blistering guitar solos on cuts like Bad Sneakers and Black Friday. He and Fagen worked together until the early 80s uh, broke apart. Uh, then in the early 90s, they got back together. In the interim, Becker did some production efforts during the time, producing Ricky Lee Jones, China Crisis, and Michael Franks. I caught up with Walter in 2008 when he was releasing his Circus Money record, his second solo record. He and Fagin had a reputation for poking interviews, uh, interviewers in their heyday in the 70s. And, uh, yeah, I'll admit I was I was a little bit wary of talking to Walter. But aside from some phone issues in his hotel room, Walter Becker couldn't have been nicer, funnier, or more accommodating uh, how are
1: you i'm great how are you uh good uh, sorry to uh have uh uh discombobulated your uh, schedule for the day to the not a problem that have. don't worry about it. not a problem uh i, I won't keep you along i just want to talk a little bit about the album with you though. oh cool uh, i want to talk a little bit about the sadowski guitar oh yeah uh, with you and uh, just you know a little background obviously you know i know your background pretty well Okay. I love your magazine, but, you know, when I read it, it's always cost me money. <laughs> I I don't buy out of it, so, I, yeah, I, I'm safe that way. I just write for them. I don't... Uh... Oh, that's good. <laughs> good for you. I do want to do one thing at the end, and I know you've done it before, and I hope you don't mind doing it, but I want to talk about Steely Dan guitar players. Sure. <laughs> I know you've done that before, and it probably oh, God. Hold to you, but uh, it's obviously for a guitar Well, players. if you ask me new questions, I'll give you new answers. All right, <laughs> wonderful. Why don't we start with the record, uh, with Circus Money. Okay. Uh, I, I guess, in a big general broad question overall, uh, going in, uh, what you had in mind? Uh, how it worked out for you, if you think it worked out to to your liking? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did like the record. I do like the record, actually. Uh, I had been listening to a lot of Jamaican music, yeah. and uh, I wanted to uh, do something with that. And I had all sorts of... Um, elaborate schemes uh, that I considered uh, uh, involving, uh, you know, using actual Jamaican trash and uh, samples and things like that. And uh, in the end, um, uh, at some point, I got together with Larry Klein, Mm -hmm. and uh, I told him of my dreams (laughs) and and fears for this record. And uh, we decided, well, why don't we just sit down and write some songs, you know, the way the way people always do, you know, and forget all of the, uh, start from that point of view and forget the elaborate uh, elaborate uh, ideas that I had concocted and uh, start from there. Mm-hmm. And it worked out great. You've known Larry a while, right? Uh, you worked, worked, worked Yeah, I I've, I've actually haven't uh, really worked with him before this, but uh, I've known him for a long time. Okay. Um, one thing, obviously, it's obvious about the album, which we haven't seen from you in a while, you're playing bass a lot. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Well, I played bass on the last two Steely Dan albums, uh, okay. and, uh, I do it when I can, you know, um, uh-huh. and on this particular record I wanted to do it because it just, uh, if you're trying to influence the shape of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, rhythmic, uh, you know, context of the, of the tunes, sure. that's sort of the best place to do it from, mm-hmm. you know, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. not being the drummer, and uh, especially if uh, you're going with an idea that is, you want to change and, and let it evolve. Um, uh, since I know the song and the intention of the song and can judge better than anybody else uh, what what is going to work as a, for the vocal, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm um i thought it was going to be either me or larry and in the end uh, larry weaseled out of it <laughs> uh, speaking of vocals since you brought him up obviously since donald does most of singing for steely dan he does is that who that is yeah that is, you remember him <laughs> does this yeah. uh are you comfortable with you know with your with your singing at this point or? yes good <laughs> that's good to hear uh because for some of us, obviously, we, we didn't know you sang until 11 Tracks of Whack uh, came out. Well, uh, I, I tried to avoid singing a lot. Uh, once I once we got the band going and I realized um, when Donald and I were writing together uh-huh. at one point, I used to sing a lot of the songs for people when we were trying to pitch ourselves. Yeah, And it wasn't until we got in the studio and I realized, because he would sing very softly, and uh, and once we got in the studio, I saw what a great singer he was. and and uh, so I immediately relieved myself of that, <laughs> of that duty. And he really, his singing uh, is, you know, is the has always been the voice of the band. So. Yeah, yeah. As far as writing goes, uh, uh-huh. lyrically, that sort of thing, obviously, the process must be a little different. I'm assuming than what, you, and I don't know the process. I guess what you guys go through when you write for Steely Dan. So I'm wondering how song wise you think to yourself. Well, this this is a Walter Becker song. Uh-huh. This Steely Dan, did oh, any, um, any of that go on? <laughs> Not really, I mean, um, when I, when, uh, when we're, when we're going to work on a Steely Dan uh, album, pretty much any ideas I have, I throw into the pot and all does the same, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just go from there and we, and we, since we write together, we uh, contour them for our mutual okay. uh, tastes and approvals. Um, uh, If on the other hand, at a case occasion like this, uh, I was doing something from the start that I knew was going to be for me, Um, or in some cases I had songs that I had started or written music for um, uh, a while back, and um, you know we never I showed them to Donald, but we didn't end up doing them as Steely Dan tracks. We always had more songs Uh for Steely Dan. Records that we needed in the end. Okay. Okay. And uh, so, you know, uh, once once I know what I'm writing it for, that changes the context obviously, and changes how you know uh, personal the lyric is is going to be, or how um, you know what what things I I'm willing to sing versus what things Donald is willing to sing. Sure. Uh, you had extra Steely Dan tracks. Of course, all the Steely Dan fans would be going, what happened to all those tracks and where are they? <laughs> well, I didn't say we had extra tracks. I said we had extra, extra songs. songs. Okay. Yeah. So they never turned into tracks. It's well, some, some of them uh, we had uh, some tracks on that we never quite liked as much as the other tracks we had. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and others we just never got around to recording uh, uh, for one reason or another. Is there, I'm curious, uh, the other thing I was wondering about, producing wise I know you brought Larry in obviously to uh-huh. produce with you um, you've produced uh, other bands yep. was there ever a thought of or does it just kind of happen was ever a thought of just you producing your own record or did it just happen? oh yeah but uh, I, there, there was and, uh, and up to a certain point I thought that that's probably what I would do mm-hmm. um, but uh, uh, at the point when uh, Larry and I started talking about it I was very much um, uh, I welcome. Uh, collaboration because, uh, first of all, he, he's, um, you know, got his own unique uh, set of talents and skills which uh, are different from mine, mm-hmm. and he added quite a bit to the writing and recording process, and uh, it's also more fun to have somebody to goof around with when you're doing <laughs> it. Sure, sure. Um, I, I have one question about an old song, if you don't mind. I don't mind at all. Hat too Flat. Yes. which is a song that has fascinated me ever since that album came out for a variety of reasons uh-huh. musically and lyrically uh. <laughs> lyrically can you help me <laughs> yeah um aliens they come and uh they want to they want to get with it you know and they want to be hip yeah but uh-huh. there's no matter how hard they try they All still right. there's something about them that doesn't quite fit in at uh That was pretty much what I had in mind. It it was either that or immigrants, and I couldn't decide which. Well, (laughs) but aliens are immigrants, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true. You have a point. You have a point. Uh, Can we go back a little bit, Walter? uh, And I I know a lot about your background. I know a lot about Steely Dan and the band. I've always been a fan. Uh, I'm curious, just you personally, from a guitar standpoint, when you Mm -hmm. were when you were a kid, what got you, you know, interested? What got you going? Oh uh, well, I had a friend. Uh, uh, I was a jazz fan, and uh, one of my buddies in uh, in uh, in uh, grade school, actually in junior high school, um, was uh, was into uh, blues and rock and roll as well. And uh, and uh, and then later when I went to high school, um, there was all kinds of folk pickers and stuff sure. there. And uh, as a the avid reader of uh, Downbeat magazine know, overachieving little jazz nerd that I was. (laughs) Uh, I had read about blues and stuff from Pete Welding's uh, fine column of the Mm -hmm. day. And uh, so I started listening to some of that stuff and uh, realized that that was pretty good. And, um, you know, uh, I started playing my buddy's guitar once in a while and Mm -hmm. eventually got my own and so on. Okay. I I know you have a connection to Randy California, who is a, a good friend of our magazine, actually. Oh yeah. What uh, what what what's that connection Did he was he on your block or something? Yeah, he uh lived in Queens um when we were growing up uh, and for about a year and a half or 2 years his family was living out there. Okay. And uh he um at the point where he uh, where I met him, I had just gotten my first electric guitar and uh, I couldn't figure out what the hell to do with the thing, you know. Sure. I didn't have an amp, I was playing it through my hi-fi. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it came with these these uh, heavy uh, uh, flat wound strings on yeah, it and everything. Uh, it impossible to play, yeah. Impossible <laughs> to Well, uh, so I thought, and then I told then Randy picked it up and started uh-huh. playing the shit out of it, you know, like, uh, <laughs> So I basically to begin with, I learned how to play blue stuff from from Randy and from listening to records. But gotcha. Randy was the first guy I was ever in the room with that I could watch play the licks and so on. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you end up? Uh, a lot of this again is old history, but uh, how did you end up playing bass uh, with Steely Dan as opposed to you know playing? Oh, uh, uh, I started playing bass in uh, in uh, college, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, I just got interested in that particular role. Um, the band. As far as uh, your playing goes, obviously when you started playing some uh, guitar with Steely Dan on some of the records uh, after the first couple albums, uh, what do you think the difference is between your playing then as opposed to, say, now, your guitar playing? Um, well, I mean, I know how to do a lot of things now that I didn't know how to do then. Sure. Uh, so, but basically, most of what I do now is still built around what I was doing then blues, blues. It, it just seems to me that the the best, uh, you know, best use for an electric guitar in a group like ours is, is sort of blues-based, heavily blues-based. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the first stuff I learned. So um, I sort of augmented that in a variety of ways, but uh, mm-hmm. it still comes down to, to the blues type of thing approach for me most of the time. Okay. Uh, when... You write, or even when you and Donald write, or whoever, reads, uh-huh. Larry, whoever you're writing with, right. uh, is the guitar uh, the instrument you use generally, or do you kind of mix and match? Um, it depends. Um, there's been times when de- I have a whole bunch of songs that I've written on the guitar, but a lot of this, like the songs on this album, were mostly written on keyboards with uh, with me with me programming keyboards and uh, uh, and Larry doing the same. And Larry has a uh, has a uh, a uh, like um, an acoustic bass, like a Martin fretted bass, acoustic bass that he plays. Okay, uh, and uh, you know I would use that from time to time too. Okay, okay. Uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, your uh, your guitar, your Sadowski That uh, yes, I, I've just seen online that looks wonderful, and I'm sure it sounds wonderful. It is wonderful. <laughs> what? Uh, obviously, you've been playing Rogers guitars for a while. Uh, yeah. What? Uh, what was the impetus to get all this rolling to have a Walter Becker? Oh, I just wanted to do something uh, to uh, acknowledge, uh, you know, um, the uh, you know the contribution to my um, musical work uh, that you know to my guitar playing, mm-hmm. part of my career that Roger has made. Uh, and um, when we talked about it, uh, we came we with the idea of doing um, this particular guitar uh benefiting the particular uh, charity that it does okay um the uh, you've been playing these guitars for what ten fifteen years or uh yeah something like that about oh, fifteen yeah. years well, uh, before what kind of what kind of guitars did you favor when when it came to playing oh um uh, mostly uh strats. I had a couple of strats at various times uh and occasionally um uh I also had a um, a Duosonic that I used for certain things. Okay. And uh, you know, and then sort of the guitars of opportunity. Every once in a while, I'd do something on an odd instrument that I borrowed, or I'd use Denny's guitar once or sure. something. I recall some odd uh, guitars on pictures from back in the seventies. That's the only reason I. Well, asked. That, 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 the one odd guitar that you may have seen was uh, one was a Duosonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the Asia picture, uh, there was an Epiphone Archtop guitar that I think I had my picture took with once. Mm-hmm. Those are uh, the two I remember, oddly enough. <laughs> and uh, and there was an Epiphone electric uh, that uh, was on the back of Katie Lide that was a guitar that I bought in high school. Oh. <laughs> that I still have. Okay. You, oh, you still own it? Yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, do, would you say you have, I mean, how many guitars do you have at this point? Do you, you know... Uh, oh, I have three or four, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I got a few of them stashed away here and there. <laughs> uh, what about uh, amps? What uh, What do you use? I use I use amps. What What? Or otherwise, what you know. What brand do you use, Walter? Oh, <laughs> uh, um, well, um, mostly um, the last couple of years I've been using um, uh, Mesa amps. A couple of different particular Mesa okay. amps that suited my style. There was one called a Maverick, and now there's one called a Lone Star Special okay. that I use. Um, there's uh, a couple of Top Hat amps that I've used okay. uh, in the studio and on the road, and Bogner amplifiers okay. right. uh, have been, uh, you know, a staple of my road setup for a long time. Uh, you, you, you guys have been out on the road again for a long time. Uh, you, are you, the sound that you get on stage, comfortable with that? <laughs> as as comfortable as a guitarist can be, anyway. Um, some nights, you know, it's different every night. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the, um, you know, what makes you comfortable on stage is not the way your instrument sounds; it's the way the the whole band sounds, and mm-hmm. how much uh, clarity and cohesion there is to the sound of the band on stage, and that's just a function of the stage itself. For the most part, okay. Uh, since we talked about tour a little bit, just curious how you guys go about picking, you know, your set list for various tours because you've been out a few times in the last few years. You know, to the, well, what old songs, uh, you know, there's some that you won't do or this. There st- yeah, there's the, we try we tend to be doing the less uh, the, the the ones that seem to be the most consistent with uh, the configuration of the band that we have are uh, the are the later. Tunes that have, um, you know, the the sort of folk-rocky type tunes or, or or simpler tunes. Sure. Um, in some cases, we rearrange them, uh, but they, as a rule, they don't lend themselves quite as well to the, uh, you know, to the four-horn section and so on. Uh, and uh, and moreover, they tended more to depend on big. Uh, vocal stacks of Donald, you know, eight yeah. tracks of Donald's voice, which of course we can't do on yeah. stage. Uh, Do you have any plans or any thoughts been given I know Donald's been out on a solo tour would you Would you ever do that? Is that the kind of thing you'd do? I uh, would do it um, but I don't have any plans to do it at this point Nothing at this point? No, but uh, you know, I'm not a big um, uh, planner <laughs> <laughs> It just might happen Yeah, it might sure just it work out that way um, as far as producing, uh, any would you like to go produce somebody else again, or is that something you are done with? Or yeah, you know, I like? would consider doing it. I I, I also um, um, would like to uh, write songs for people. Uh, you know, uh, in a way, um, for me, the the writing part of the process is the most fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've been thinking lately that it would be good. Uh, I actually did a couple, Larry and I wrote a couple songs um, uh, for, uh, we wrote a song for his, uh, his uh, wife is a very talented uh, Brazilian uh, musician named Luciana Souza. I have the last disc, which I loved. Oh, yeah, so we wrote a song for her on that, and uh, we've written a thing or two for one or two of his other artists now and again, and uh, I quite like doing that. Okay. Uh, is there any Steely Dan uh, new stuff in the works? Uh, it's hard to tell, you know, usually we're the last to know. <laughs> no, no writing that you can speak of, that's kind no, of... No, we've just been on the road and, uh, you know, but often um, this is sort of a preliminary part of the process, so who knows. I, I'm curious about your reaction, uh, my, I have a 12-year-old kid who's uh-huh. who's into hip-hop and played me, of course, Kanye West, where he samples Kid Charlemagne. Oh, yeah. What? You, well, any thoughts on that? <laughs> um, I can't even remember what it sounds like. <laughs> it's, uh, I think all he used was, uh, did you realize you are a champion in their eyes and he answered, Yeah, so. um, like I say, I can't really remember what the track sounded like. I, uh, I remember that there was such a thing. Um, but well, I'm sure it was fine. Uh, yeah. Your son wouldn't be wrong about a thing like that. Yeah, well, as far as we know, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I, I would like to ask you just some quick reactions on guitars that have played with me at the end. I mean, let's start at the beginning, Danny Diaz. He, he was one of the very first. <laughs> Denny, and yet great guitar player, well-trained, sort of legit training. Um, pro, hello? I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, my phone is ringing in the other room, I'll just ignore that. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, good, uh, good player, um, and, uh, he was the first guy that we met that was really able to deal with the, uh, changes and player changes and so on that we had in some of our songs. What, but, uh, uh, what is Danny doing these days? Why do we uh, know Uh, I don't know. <laughs> huh, interesting. I mean, uh. Such a great player. I haven't seen him for maybe three or four years. Okay. Uh, Jeff Baxter? Uh... Also a great player, completely different style, completely different sort of personality. Good player, lots of energy, country, uh, you know, roots. Uh, Did you ever think he'd be a Pentagon advisor when you met him? (laughs) That's the first thing I thought. (laughs) Uh, Rick Derringer. I thought he was going to be one, too. (laughs) He'd be the assistant, perhaps. Jeff Baxter. Well, uh, I I don't know about that. Um, I maybe, perhaps I thought it might be the other way around, or some sort of more you know lateral displacement of uh, authority and responsibility rather than a hierarchical one between the two of them. <laughs> Good player though, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Elliot Randall. Uh, fantastic player. Where is he now? I don't know. Yeah, I do. I on occasion I run across some of his stuff still. Oh yeah? What's yeah. he doing? Uh, there. He had a thing on his website last year. He actually did a cover of Reel in the Years, oddly enough. Really? Uh, yeah, that and Lovely Day by Bill Withers and a couple others. Uh, just real nice, you know. just Elliot Randall. Yeah. So, uh, Larry Carlton. Uh, well, great, great player, great rhythm player, great lead player. Real asset at a session, strong. Uh, you know. Yeah. Tracking band guy. Always, uh, I've met Larry a couple times. Always a gentleman because seems to be the nicest guy in the world. He does seem to be the nicest guy in the world, and so far as I know, he actually is the nicest guy in the world. Um, you know, uh, and uh, wonderful tone, and uh, just a pleasure to work with. Uh, Dean Parks, who you still work with, obviously. Dean Parks, great musician. Um, you know, really uncannily great musician in a lot of ways, and, um, uh, you know, uh, has a, uh, deep, uh, roots in, uh, jazz, uh, as a listener, um, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I wrote a bunch of songs on Whack uh, with, uh, Dean, and, um, you know, he's a good friend okay. as well as a, uh, wor- f- wonderful player. Okay. Uh, Wayne Krantz, I know, played a bit with you guys. Uh, very, very talented guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, unique stylist, I think. Um, you know, uh, and uh, fiercely um, insistent on. John Harrington. Um, well, John has just got it all, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's It's all in one package there. I actually do plan to talk with John, too, although he doesn't know that yet. But, oh, cool. <laughs> <But> I <laughs> well, do. I won't mention it to him, then. Yeah, please, don't. No, yeah. no go ahead, feel free. Uh, and how about this Becker guy, this Walter Becker? What about him as a guitarist? Uh, a bum. <laughs> of this batch, you're saying he's a bum? He's definitely the bum. Uh, you know, did you guys ever cross paths with, uh, Robin Ford, who seemed like somewhat of a natural or unnatural for you guys, depending on, uh, Robin Ford, I think, uh, came in and did something for us once. Yes. Did Okay. Yeah. I know you guys were famous for bringing in lots of players. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think he was one of the, uh, one of the guys that, um. Uh, First record um, in its uh, uh, at the stage when uh, Warner's was considering it, and uh, uh, if you can believe it, um, you know um, (laughs) they thought his first record. They were looking, they're trying to decide whether they should put it out the way it was or do it over. (laughs) Oh, geez, really interesting. Let's get this guy. Yeah. Well, I was, and it was such a unique sound at the time. Yeah. Maybe that's why Warner's was confused. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> um, you know, since you brought that up, one more question, then I'll leave you alone. Okay. Uh, the way you put your album out this time around. Uh, yeah. A little bit of a almost a, an odd little guerrilla marketing kind of thing. What as far as the business goes and your album? Any thoughts you can pass off to us on that? Uh, it's too soon to, to, to draw any conclusions from that, I think. Okay.
0: Okay. Steely Dan's Walter Becker from an interview July 2008, and uh, I did that interview as part of my work for Vintage Guitar. Please check out that magazine. VintageGuitar.com is where you can do that. Uh, to follow up on all that, Becker died on September 3rd, 2017, from esophageal cancer. Uh, Steely Dan, they're still out there on the road. John Harrington is their main guitarist, as he has been for the past two decades or so. Uh, by the way, Next Fret Club next week will feature a 2000 interview, uh, 2008 excuse me, interview with Harrington that was done about one week after this Becker interview. Uh, you may also have seen recent news stories. Becker's equipment recently auctioned off. Uh, he said there in the interview, you might recall, uh, with tongue-in-cheek, he had three or four guitars. Well, they auctioned off around 600 guitars and 400 amplifiers, various pedals and other musical things brought in about $3.3 million. Unfortunately, there's also still some legal issues going on with Steely Dan. Becker's estate sued after Fagan announced the band would continue to tour as Steely Dan. Fagin countersued. The legal wrangling on that is continuing. That is it for the Fret Club this week. We'll talk again next week. As I said, John Harrington will be featured. Feel free to drop me a note at at hbi.com or send me a message at the Fret Club on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, also, uh, we'd like to keep this thing going. For that to happen, we need to pay for the lights. Uh, if you're of a mind to advertise or know somebody who would, please contact us. Uh, it's been uh, nice being here with you. We'll uh, talk to you again next week.